Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another version of Straight Talking with Craig. And uh, yeah, one of those days again, we've got some gremlins online, but hey, we'll sort them out eventually. So today, guys, we've got a fantastic person online. His name is Philip Croft. Today, Philip, how are you? Hey, Craig, thanks for having me on the show. I'm good. And how are you doing? Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, summer's on its way. We had our first summer rains last night here in the Alberton area, so I'm happy to 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 get to get those uh, in quite quickly. And uh, yeah, so how so how you been, uh, Mister Philip? Yeah, I've been well, man, and uh, I agree with you with the with the rains coming. I can already feel like the the area is a little bit cleaner. Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe people will stop using their medical aid so much <laughs> with uh, our ability to control the sinuses, isn't it? Yeah, well, let's see what happens. Eh? So, Philip, let's uh, get straight into yeah. some questions here quickly, man. Um, sure. how, did, how did we get you? How, uh, what's, your, what's your past? What's your, your story? Well, to be honest, uh, yeah, Craig, so I started working at a young age. Um, so I've always been a, a bit of a workaholic. So I started working at the Brightdale old age of 16, working at a video store. Um, it was actually going to be my dream job. I really loved uh, serving people, giving them really good advice on which movies to watch. Um, but un unfortunately, as you know, video shops was a, a bit of a dying, a di a dying uh, breed of um, businesses. But yeah, so I, I actually, when I left school, I became a graphic designer. So I, I've spoken to Clarissa about that before, but um, you know, my path completely changed. I wanted to become a rock star graphic designer, um, but unfortunately I had to get a, a real job down the line. Um, while I was a graphic designer, I actually got into the sales industry and I actually found my, my passion in sales while, while there. So I was trying, try, trying to do a bit of the sales in the graphic design space. Um, and then, yeah, by accident, by complete fluke, found a job in uh, financial services with Liberty. That was in 2009. And yeah, I haven't looked back. Um, so since then, I've been at a, few, a number of different financial services companies. Um, but yeah, I found myself really enjoying uh, helping people with their, with their finances and planning for their life and for, you know, leaving a legacy for them, for their, them and their family. Sure. Sure. Well, it's uh, quite, a, quite a contrast. I mean, from going from, from, from a rock star video person to graphics designer to a financial advisor. I mean, I, I, I didn't see that coming at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit. Okay. Well, let's talk about financial planning. I mean, Give, give us a bit of a heads up. What is the difference between a financial advisor and a financial um, planner? Well, they're more or less the same thing. Um, I guess the approach of a financial advisor or a financial planner would be slightly different. Um, a financial advisor or even a tied agent would typically look at giving you product information only. They're giving you product advice. So if you... I'm just going to use a couple of names. Like if you look at your bigger companies, Liberties, Sunlums, Discoveries, um, the advisor is basically just somebody who's going to give you advice on the product that they market. Um, and typically they would only sell a product in, in line with the, the company that they work for. So if we look at um, Liberty, for example, they'll give you advice primarily linked to the 
product house that they represent. Mm -hmm. Where a financial planner is trying to look at uh, in-depth planning in a lot more detail. So, um, you know, looking across product providers, also planning for other events that might not necessarily be linked to the products. So we are not necessarily trying to uh, recommend a product or service necessarily. We are trying to give a client an, a bigger overview or plan of their finances. Okay, well, that's actually quite interesting. So let me get it then. So you're not really bound to just a certain uh, service provider. You can actually work with multiple of them. Is that correct? Yeah, so that was one of the one of the big choices that I had to make because I, when I joined the industry, I joined as a tired agent. Um, but I found that you know if somebody doesn't like the brand or the um, the principles of a of an insurance company, so uh, you know some people some people start hating an insurance company. I'm not going to list any names, um, but you know if you've been burned by an insurance company, it it tarnishes you know, anyone from that company being able to do business with you. So if insurance company A, and again, I'm not going to mention names uh, for the sake of just uh, not ruining the reputations of a company, but if company A does something bad to you and you don't agree with their principles, um, if I come knocking on your door and I'm from insurance company A, you're going to say, well, hit the road, man. We don't want to yeah. do business with that company. So yeah, being true. independent really gives us... Um, ability to do business with people without being concerned about the uh, insurance company or the investment house. Um, you know, the person not liking that company. And even now, you know, if they decide, look, down the line, they don't like that company, they're not going to leave me. They're, they're going to leave that insurance company, but they will still keep us as the, uh, their advisor. Okay. Well, that's good. So, what 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 age would you recommend that uh, people start um, fun, uh, planning financially from? Well, from their very first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. From the first job, from your first paycheck, you need to have a plan. That is sure. my. That is the final answer. <laughs> from your very first paycheck, so like when you like yeah. turn eighteen, you get your first paycheck, and you say, "Right, that's it. Let's start planning." So, where would you start? I mean, I've got a paycheck now. Where will I start planning for? So, look, you're, we typically look at two, two main elements as a first-time um, investor or first-time client. Your ability to earn an income is probably your biggest, um, biggest issue. So, if, if disability or dreaded diseases come crouching up and we don't know when that's going to happen, uh, your ability to actually put food on the table and generate an income for the next... 45 years so if you're you're typically starting your first job at let's say at 20 years old and you're going to plan on retiring at 65 that's 45 years of income where you, you need to earn an income so if something happened to you in in month or month two or three from your first job and you can't earn 45 years worth of income and that's just your income bearing years that's not even talking about the years that you're supposed to retire um it's going to be a, it's going to be really devastating. So we look at income protection as a primary source, and then putting money away for retirement. So if you start early, then you can you can typically budget for a lot less. So if someone you know started ten years later, 
the problem with that is that they've got to double the amount of money that they would have put away if they started 10 years earlier. And that's okay. the that's the power of compounded compound interest. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about that compound interest thing. So it, 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 can, it can actually work, work quite well for you if you start early. Yeah. They say it's the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, depends on... Uh, um, whose side is on it at the moment? Huh? <laughs> so, um, yeah. what exactly is a FSP, uh, SFP then? So, the company, it stands for Succession Financial Planning. So, that's pretty much the essence of, of, of the business. So, so, when we say succession, it means like it's like the transfer of, of something. So, succession planning is like you've got a business, you've got money, you've got wealth. And you want to leave that to your family when, when, if you pass away. So that process is called succession. So you, you inherit something from someone else and that succession plan to move that asset over is then what, um, what we would do. So okay. when we do the succession planning, it's not just for our clients, it's actually for us as well. And that's why it's called succession financial planning because now you may have a whole philosophy with me but then what happens if I if I'm not if I'm not there anymore? What happens to your plan? Sure. And that's why we 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 carry that same philosophy over and we've got a succession plan within our business that makes us different where you've got um, a team of advisors that would be able to take over um, you know my clients and, and the, your portfolios in the event of something happening to me as well. So sure. we make sure we uh, yeah practice what we preach with regards to planning for these type of things okay um and then just another uh, quick question and what uh, what kind of information do you use to evaluate a client's financial position so we typically look at uh, the client's salary their their current savings that they've got we also look at then their their objectives so what do they actually want to do with their life you know when do they want to retire when do they want to uh, stop working they may have other goals you know, buying a car, getting yeah. married, um, you know, buying a property, uh, you're going away on holiday. These are these are typically things we can speak to a client about. And then we would, um, yeah, typically try and see where we can plug in our products or services or even just advice uh, to a client where they would be able to then go forward with uh, recommendations and just, just generally being more responsible with their money. Okay. Well, there's actually a, 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 a nice uh, question that we've been responsible with money. And when I read an article the other day that, you know, everybody, well, all, um, families at the moment, if they really had to look hard, they could actually save an extra 10, 10 or 15% if they actually just started spending money a bit wisely. Do you think that's a myth or do you think it's a, a truth? So I think um, it's definitely a bit of truth because you know we we tend to splurge on a lot more than what we <laughs> what we need to and that extra 10 percent 15 percent um that you're saving you know you you're buying yourself extra the, the ability to maintain your lifestyle later on in, in life um so if people really looked at their budgets you know the the type of things that they're buying the luxuries that they're buying i'm not saying you shouldn't have any luxuries but you should generally be trying to save at the beginning of the month rather than at the end of the month. So okay. what you should do is you should have a complete budget. You should look at where you're spending your money. 
you should yeah. then decide on how much you're saving before you decide on how much you're spending. Um, okay. That's that's typically what you should be doing because people are looking at spending their money and trying to save what's left instead mm. of trying to save what you know in the beginning and then spending what's left. And I think that's the biggest um, the biggest problem we have in at the moment. Okay. Um, and it's 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 more prevalent in South Africa than anywhere else in the world. So they say South Africa is probably the worst saving country in the world. Which is terrible. We don't save. Uh, we don't save. We save nothing. <laughs> sure. We spend. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I did a a, a course on, on money, and uh, one of the things that came up was that you should actually look at money as being a a, a, a entity or a person, and that's how you how you treat that person. You know, you got to pay that person as well. So maybe that's also another thing to to maybe have a look at. So. Um, What's the best strategy that you've ever had for for clients? Have you come up with some amazing strategies, out the box strategies? Yeah. So the the best strategy for for clients is to obviously with us we would help reduce the client's costs. So we we have a really really interesting method where we would look at a portfolio for a client and really try and skim the the costs off of everything. So that would be on medical aid life insurance, uh, you know, using products like your gap covers and things like that mm -hmm. to restructure a client. And that's, that for me is a, the ideal client. So someone who, who's got lots of products, they've just taken them out because they thought that this was the best way to do this. And once we, you know, once we've re looked at everything, we can generally save clients costs in about 30, 30 to 40%. Okay. And once we've done that restructure, um, Bob's your uncle, you know, you've got a client for life. So that, that for me, um, is sort of the best strategy in general, you know, okay. making sure you've got all the, all the products and services that you need in place, Yes. but really making it lean in terms of the best value for money at, at the same time. So best value for money is not always the cheapest, but there are a lot of really, really good products out there that won't cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, sure. And another myth, um, I don't need life insurance. I mean, I'm going to die. Why do I need to pay life insurance? For what reason? I mean, is that a myth or, uh, or is that true? <laughs> the problem is, yeah, so the only time you don't need life insurance is when you've got lots and lots of money. Okay. And even then, um, you might still need a, a bit of life insurance. So the, the, the thing that they say is always certain is death and taxes. So... If you die, the very at the very least, you, you're going to probably have a tax liability. Um, the people that you leave behind. So obviously now, if somebody doesn't have any dependents at all, so no, if you're a lone wolf and you have no no one in your life that you love or that needs any money from you, um, well, then you might not need life insurance. Okay. But if you have anyone that depends on you at all, uh, you need life insurance. So you would need to have... Uh, cover in place just to at least look after them for a certain period of time. Yeah. And, and, and as well as the, the taxes, as well as the administration of your estate. So if you've got a, even if you've got a house, you know, it, it's going to cost money to transfer that house into somebody else's name. If you want to leave that house to somebody, um, an executor needs to be paid. So I see, uh, I see we've got an attorney on call. 
So the, the attorney on call needs to be paid for transferring that property into someone else's name. Sure. Um, and then, and then obviously you've got a funeral, so they've got to do something with your body when you die. So <laughs> that <laughs> okay. is cons funeral cover is considered life insurance as well. Okay, cool. Uh, quick question. Where did the stormtrooper come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, the stormtrooper came from um, the rebellion, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when lockdown started and we were mandated to do to wear masks um i really wasn't feeling it and i thought i just have to have a bit of fun with this and i decided that i would wear i would make a mask to wear out to go do my shopping um just to also make people feel a bit better you know the the beginning of lockdown was really not great yeah and it really helped it helped me feel better and it helped the people at the shops feel better because there was a stormtrooper walking around uh, <laughs> in the shops and it really uh, made people laugh a bit so that's where it was a bit of a rebellion at the time yeah. and the stormtrooper has now become a internet phenomenon I guess I believe yeah I believe that the stormtrooper was even invited to some take part in some show in Mexico yeah, that was very interesting. So there was a music show in Mexico and uh, we actually played a little bit of a game there where we, uh, we, we honored some uh, musicians that were involved in, in the make, well, involved in, in major shows like the Star Wars, uh, E.T., um, all of those things. And the, yeah, the Stormtrooper was one of the, one of the guests there. Okay. And it was pretty good. Unfortunately, the stormtrooper's not going to make an appearance today. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I hope not. She needs to be driving your car there. Uh, did I catch you on a busy day, or is this your average day driving around Joburg? Yeah. So, look, I'm I'm hoping to find customers while I'm uh, while I'm strapped to this car car chair. Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> yeah. So, I wanted to do the interview while driving. Um, just to portray the busy busyness, the busy sure. busyness of Philip. Sure. And tell me something from lockdown, post lockdown, pre lockdown, has there been much of a change? So I guess the biggest change has been the, the way we do business. Obviously, we now do business on the move and on, over technology mostly. So Going from seeing three to four clients a day, um, physically face to face, to now seeing maybe two clients a week, two to three clients a week, um, physically, and the rest uh, online. As far as production of business has gone, um, we've seen a steady increase in business, which is good. Um, at least we haven't uh, lost a lot of customers due to, to everything that's happened, but. Um, you know, I know a lot of advisors and people have, have really struggled and, you know, it has been a, a struggle in general. And I think psychologically people are, are struggling. Mm. But from a business growth and uh, development perspective, it's, it's been still good. Okay. And, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, last question. What's your, what would be your best clients? 
Well, we're focusing at the moment on corporate clients. Um, so we are looking for corporate clients with uh, medical insurance or pension funds in place. Um, so anything from about 25 to 100, 100 employees would be good. And sort of in the IT space, IT, pharmaceutical, um, those, those are our ideal clients at the moment. That's, that's our sort of sweet spot of clients that we are trying to do business with. Okay, cool. Um, then how can people find you? On the internet, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. You guys are welcome to look, look me up on uh, any of those platforms. I'm available on WhatsApp, on email. Uh, but I think the best way to, to, to reach out to me would be on my Facebook or uh, LinkedIn account. Uh, that way you only have to remember my name. So it's Philip Proft. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm available uh, all hours of the day. I mean, I was helping uh, just two days ago. A client said to me, Philip, got a problem. I'm in hospital. Help. It was 10 o'clock at night. And uh, yeah, we're always sure. on call because we, you know, people need to get admitted to hospital. They need scans. They need uh, medical attention. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much, Philip, for your time and uh, much appreciate it. And uh, there you go, guys. You should be starting to plan for your future from your very first paycheck. Who would have thought about that? <laughs> um, Philip, take care and thank you very much for joining me today. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Been yeah, fantastic. And uh, we'll, we'll chat to you soon. Awesome. Take care, man. And that's all, guys. Cheers. Have a nice day.